Hi everyone, today is January 18th, 2024, and this is Read Through the New Testament. Greetings everyone. All right, today we are going to start in Luke 4, verses 1 through 30, and then we're going to read Ephesians 2 and 3. Okay, yep. Okay. Great. All right, so Luke 4, we're going to start off with the temptation of Jesus. Yep. All right, chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. A long time. It is. And when they were ended, he was hungry. (laughs) I'll say. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him and said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Yeah. And there you just see Jesus combating temptation at his weakest moment with the scripture. And you also see Satan misusing scripture. That's right. From well. Psalm 91. Yeah. Yep. Uh, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went throughout all the surrounding countries and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Okay. And the next one has to do with uh, Jesus in his first preaching opportunity here at Nazareth. Okay. Rejected and hated. All right. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, and gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath, 
in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. So Jesus wasn't always a successful preacher. He preached to hostile crowds sometimes. Here's in hometown, and they hated him. They tried to kill him. Yeah. Okay, we are in now Ephesians chapter 2 and 3. This is in the doctrinal section of the book of Ephesians, talking about just what's true of our salvation. And here we see how we're saved totally by grace. And then we're going to see how the church should be Jew and Gentile, one new man. That's that's the key of this. Saved by grace, 1 through 10, and then one new man of the church, right, in 11 through 22. So here we go, 1 through 10. And these are super famous verses. You would do well to memorize these because you will hear them the rest of your lives. You might recognize some of them, yep. too. Uh, and you are dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at the work in the sons of disobedience, and among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved." And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to one spirit, in one spirit, to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
Yeah. Saved by grace. And um, then just one man in Christ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, chapter 3. Uh, here is where Paul uh, starts off to pray, but then gets interrupted. <laughs> talking about the mystery of the gospel, that Jews and Gentiles are one body. And there's the unity theme coming out here. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, which he picks up in verse 14, where he says the same word. He was about to pray, but they said, Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Verse 6 is the key. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Jews and Gentiles, all one, unity. That's mm-hmm. the theme of Ephesians. Okay, verse 7. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints... This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So he's preaching specifically to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. That's Paul's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. And now he picks up verse 1. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Yep. And verses 20 and 21 are great verses just talking about prayer. Yeah. God can do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. What an incredible That's thing. That's amazing. Yeah, regarding summary-wise, I think like verse 6 is key. The summary is that the, 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 here's the mystery. The Gen- Jews and Gentiles are fellow partakers of the promise. And then he prays, uh, basically, that you may know the love of Christ. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. We will see you tomorrow. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye.